It's 9.52 a.m. on Hurricane Sunday. Starting 2 Samuel 20, we will finish 2 Samuel today and start 1 Kings. Now a troublemaker named Sheba, son of uh, Bacri, a Benjamite, happened to be there. He sounded the trumpet and shouted, We have no share in David, no part in Jesse's soul. Every man to his tent, O Israel. So all the men of Israel deserted David to follow Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah stayed by their king all the way from the Jordan to Jerusalem. When David returned to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines he left to take care of the palace and put them in a house under guard. He provided, uh, provided for them, but did not lie with them. They were kept in confinement till the day of their death, living as widows. Then the king said to Amasa, Summon the men of Judah to come to me within three days and be here yourself. But when Amasa went to summon Judah, he took longer than the time the king had set for him. David said to Abishai, now Sheba, son of Bichri, I bet it's Bikri, but uh, I'm going to say Bichri because it's my fucking show. Uh, Bichri will do more harm than Absalom did. Take your master's men and pursue him, or he will find fortified cities and escape from us. So Joab's men and the Carathites and Pelathites and all the mighty warriors went out under the command of Abishai. They marched out from Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, son of <laughs> son of Bikri. While they were at the great rock in Gibeon, Amasa came to meet them. Joab was wearing his military tunic. Strapped over it at his waist was a belt with a dagger in its sheath. He stepped forward. It dropped out of its sheath. Sounds like not a very good sheath. Joab said to Amasa, How are you, my brother? Then Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. Amasa was not on his guard against the dagger in Joab's hand, and Joab plunged it into his belly, and his, ew, his intestines spilled out on the ground. Without being stabbed again, Amasa died. Then Joab and his brother Abishai pursued Sheba, son of Bikri. One of Joab's men stood behind Amasa and said, Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, let him follow Joab. Amasa way, uh, lay wallowing in his blood in the middle of the road, and the men saw and the men saw that all the troops came to a halt there. When he realized that everyone who came up to Amasa stopped, he dragged him from the road into a field and threw a garment over him. After Amasa had been removed from the road, all the men went up with Joab to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel, uh, Abel Beth Makkah and through the entire region of the Barites, who gathered together and followed him. All the troops of Joab came and besieged Sheba and Abel Beth Makkah. They built a siege ramp up to the city, and it stood against the outer fortifications while they were battering the wall to bring it down. Uh, while they were battering a wall to bring it down, a wise woman called from the city, Listen, listen, tell Joab to come here so I can speak to him. He went toward her, and she asked, Are you Joab? I am, he answered. She said, Listen to what your servant has to say. I'm listening, he said. She continued, Long ago, they used to say, get your answer at Abel, and that settled it. We are the peaceful and faithful in Israel. We are trying to destroy a city. You are trying to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel. Why do you want to swallow up the Lord's inheritance? Far be it from me, Joab replied. Far be it from me to swallow up or destroy. That is not the case. A man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, has lifted up his hand against the king, against David. Hand over this one man, and I'll withdraw from the city. 
The woman said to Joab, His head will be thrown to you from the wall. Then the woman went to all the people with her with her wise advice, and they cut off the head of Sheba, son of Bikri, and threw it to Joab. Damn, community justice is served. So he sounded the trumpet, and his men dispersed from the city, each returning to his home. And Joab went back to the king in Jerusalem. Joab went over Israel's entire army. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Carathites and the Pelophites. Adoniram was in charge of forced labor. Jehef Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was recorder. Shiva was secretary of Zadok and Abiathar were priests. And Ira the Jairite was David's priest. During the reign of David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, It is on account of Saul and his bloodstained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death. The king summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not a part of Israel, but were survivors of the Amorites. The Israelites had sworn to spare them, but Saul and his zeal for Israel and Judah had tried to annihilate them. David asked the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? What shall I? How shall I make amends so that you will bless the Lord's inheritance? The Gibeonites answered him, We have no right to demand silver or gold, from Saul or his family, nor do we have the right to put anyone in Israel to death. What do you want me to do for you? David asked. They answered the king, As for the man who destroyed us and plotted against us so that we have been decimated and have no place anywhere in Israel, let seven of his male descendants be given to us to be killed and exposed before the Lord at Gibeah of Saul, the Lord's chosen one. So the king said, I will give them to you. The king spared Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the oath before the Lord between David and Jonathan, son of Saul. But the king took Armani and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Aya's daughter Rizpah, who had, uh, whom she had borne to Saul, together with the five sons of uh, Saul's daughter Mirab, whom she had borne to Adriel, son of uh, Barzillai, the Mecholathite. He handed them over to the Gibeonites, who killed and exposed them on a hill before the Lord. All seven of them fell together. They were put to death during the first days of the harvest, just as the barley harvest was beginning. Rizpah, daughter of Ahai, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds of the air touch them by day or the wild animals by night. When David was told that Ahai's daughter Rizpah, Saul's concubine, had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh Gilead. They had taken them secretly from the public square at Bashan, where the Philistines had hung them after they struck down Saul at Gilboa. David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there, and the bones of those who had been killed and exposed were gathered up. There they buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father Kish at Zila and Benjamin, and did everything the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer in behalf of the land. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. And Ashbi Banab, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels and who was armed with a new sword, said he would kill David. But Abishai, son of Zeruiah, came to David's rescue. 
he stuck the Philistine down and killed them. Then David's men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go out with us to battle, so that the lamp of Israel will not be distinguished. In the course of time, there was another battle with the Philistines at Gob. At that time, Shibakai the Hushethite killed Saph, one of the defendant, one of the descendants of Rapha. In another battle with the Philistines at Gob, El Hanan, son of Jerai, Ogrim, the Bethlehemite, killed Goliath the Grittite, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. In still another battle, which took place at Gath, there was a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all. He also was descended from Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shimea, David's father, uh, David's brother, killed him. These four were descendants of Rapha and Gath, and they fouled the hands of David and his men. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take revenge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent men you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled around me. The waves of death swirled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to God. For his temple, he heard my. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of heaven shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice from the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemy's bolts of lightning and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare and the rebuke of the Lord at the blast from his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in sight. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. To the pure you show yourself pure, but to the crooked you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes on the haughty to bring them low. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help I can advance against a troop. With God I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield from all who take refuge in them. But who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. 
I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle and you made my adversaries bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounded and trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of my people. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I do not know are subject to me, and foreigners come cringing to me. And soon as they hear me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise, praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, the rock, my Savior. He is the God who avenges me who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From violent men you rescued me. Therefore I praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. He gives you king. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. These are the last words of David. The oracle of David, son of Jesse, the oracle of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, Israel's singer of songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke, and the rock of Israel said to me, When one rules over men in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. Is not my house right with God? Has he not made me an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part? Will he not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire? But evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or the shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. These are the names. Oh. <laughs> Every time I think I'm safe. These are the names of David's mighty men. Josheb, Bashbeth, a Tachemonite, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai the Ahohite. As one of the three mighty men, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at, gathered at Pastin uh, Damim, for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shema, son of Agi, the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled, uh, fled from them. But Shema took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. During harvest time, three of the thirty chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley, in the valley of Rephraim. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David lounged for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine line, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, O Lord, to do this, he said. It is not the blood of men who went to, 
who went at the risk of their lives, and David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. Abishai, the brother of Joab, son of Zeruiah, was chief of the three. He raised a spear against three hundred men, whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. Was he not held in greater honor than the three? He became their commander, even though he was not included among them. Benani, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed the lion. Fucking rad, bro. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaniah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Fucking sick. Such were the exploits of Benaniah, son of Jehoadiah. Ben... Aiah, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty men, but he was not included among the three. David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Oh, good. This is my favorite part. Among the thirty were Ashahel, the brother of Joab, El Hanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem, Shema, the Herodite, Elika, the Herodite, Helaz, Helaz, Helez, <laughs> the Paltites, Iris, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, Abiazir from Anathoth, Mabunai, two ends, the Hushathite, Salmon, the Ahohite, Maharai, the Nepho, Netophatite, <laughs> Heled, son of Bona, the Nef, Netophathites, Natapathite, Ithai, son of Rabbi from Gibeah and Benjamin, Benanai the Pyrethanite, Hidai from the ravines of Gosh, Abialan the Arbathite, Asmaveth the Barhumite, Eliaba uh, the Shalbonite, the sons of Jashin, Jonathan, son of Shema the Herite, Achaim, son of Sherah the Herite, Eliphlet, son of Ahash, Ahasbai the Machite, Machathite, Elim, son of Ahithophel the Gileanite, Hezro the Car- Carmelite, Parai the Arbite, Egal, son of Nathan from Zobah, the son of Hagri, Zulek the Ammonite, Naharai the Birothite, the armor bearer of Joab, son of Zeruiah, Ira, Ira the uh, Ithrite, Gareb the Ithrite, and Uriah the Hittite. There were 37 in all. Against the anger of the Lord burned, again the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go and take a census of Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab and the army commanders with him, Go throughout the tribes of Israel Israel from Dan to Beersheba and enroll the fighting men so that I may know how many there are. But Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God multiply the troops a hundred times over and may the eyes of my Lord the king see it. Why does my Lord the king want to do such a thing? The king's word, however, overruled Joab and the army commanders. So they left the presence of the king to enroll the fighting men of Israel. After crossing the Jordan, they camped near Aror, south of the town of the Gorge, and then went through Gad and on to Jazir. 
They went to Gilead and the region of Tatim, Hochi, and on to Dan, John, and around toward Sidon. Then they went toward the fortress of Tyre and all the towns of the Hivites, Hivites and the Canaanites. Finally, they went on to Beersheba in the Negev of Judah. After they had gone through the entire land, they came back to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. Joab reported the number of fighting men to the king. In Israel, there were 800,000 able-bodied men who could handle a sword, and in Judah, 500,000. David was conscience-stricken after he had counted the fighting men, and he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Now, O Lord, I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. Before David got up the next morning, the word of the Lord had uh, come to Gad the prophet, David's seer. Go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to him, Shall there come upon you three years of famine in your land, uh, or three months of fleeing from your enemies while they pursue you, or three days of plague in your land? Now then, think it over and decide how I should uh, answer the one you uh, who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let me fall into the hands of men. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the end of the time designated, and 70,000 of the people from Dan to Beersheba died. When the angel stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord was grieved because of the calamity and said to the angel who was afflicting the people, Enough, withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of our... Ara'unah, the Jebusite. When David saw the angel who was striking down the people, he said to the Lord, I am the one who has sinned and done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Let your hand fall upon me and my family. On that day, God went to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ara'unah, the Jebusite. So David went up as the Lord had commanded through Gad. Uh, when Ara'unah, Ara'unah <laughs> looked and saw the king and his men coming toward him. He went out and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Ara'unah said, Why has the Lord my king come to his servant? To buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Ara'unah said to David, Let my lord the king take whatever he pleases him, whatever pleases him, and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and here are threshing threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. O king, Arauna gives you gives all this to the king. Arauna said to him, May the Lord your God accept you. But the king replied to Arauna, No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid fifty shekels of silver for them. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord answered prayer in behalf of the land, and the plague on Israel was stopped. But the king replied, going back a chapter, But the king replied to Ara'unah, No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So a gesture that says, what is sacrificed must have value, but only value to the one sacrificing, or else it wouldn't be a sacrifice, 
but it has value to Arayuna. But I guess since he wasn't the one that was asked to do the sacrifice, is his value less valuable in the eyes of the Lord then David just gives him the money and that value becomes David and they're David's uh, and therefore more valuable I don't know Um, that uh, concludes 2 Samuel I'm going to turn on some lights and we'll start 1 Kings When King David was old and well advanced in years, he could not keep warm even when they put covers over him. So his servant said to him, Let us look for a young virgin to a young virgin to attend the king and take care of him. He can lie she can lie by, <laughs> she can lie beside him so that our Lord the king may keep warm. Then they searched throughout Israel for a beautiful girl and found Ab, uh, Abishag, a Shunammite and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him, but the king had no intimate relations with her. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Haggath, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. His father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and would ab- and with Abithar the priest, and they gave him their support. But Sadak the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei and Ray, and David's special guard, did not join Adonijah. Adonijah then sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves at the stone of Zoholath near Anrogel. He invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah who were royal officials, but he did not invite Nathan the prophet or uh, Benaiah or the special guard or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan asked Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard uh, that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, Haggith, has become king without our lord David's knowing it? Now then, let me advise you how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go into King David and say to him, My lord the king, do you not swear to me your servant? Surely Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. Why then has uh, Adonijah become king? While you are still there talking to the king, I will come in and confirm what you have said. So Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room, where Abishag the Shunammite was attending him. Bathsheba bowed low and knelt before the king. What is it you want? the king asked. She said to him, My lord, you yourself swore to me your servant by the Lord your God. Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. Uh, But now Adonijah has become king, and you, my lord the king, do not know about it. He has sacrificed great members of cattle, fattened calves and sheep, and has invited all the king's sons. Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army, uh, but he has not invited Solomon your servant. My lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to learn from you who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, as soon as my lord the king is laid to rest with his fathers, I and my son Solomon will be treated as criminals. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. 
as they told the king, Nathan the prophet is here. Ugh. <laughs> Bad review. Bad review for writing the book I wouldn't write. This is, like, ugh, we get it. <laughs> So he went before the king and bowed with his face to the ground. Nathan said, Have you, my lord the king, declared that Odonijah shall be king after you, and that he will sit on your throne? Today he has gone down and sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened cows, and sheep. He has invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and Abithar the priest. Right now they are eating and drinking with him and saying, Long live king Adonijah. But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Beniah, son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he did not invite. Is this something my lord the king has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then King David said, Call in Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. The king then took an oath, as surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble? I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. Then Bathsheba bowed low with her face to the ground and said, kneeling before the king, May my lord, King David, live forever. King David said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, when they came before the king, he said to them, Take your lord's servants with you, and set Solomon, my son, on my own mule, and take him to Gihon. Uh, there have there have Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then you are to go up with him, and he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my lord the king, so declare it. As the Lord was with my lord the king, so may he be with Solomon, to make his throne even greater than the throne of my lord king David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and the Pelathites went down and put Solomon on king David's mule, and escorted him from Gihon. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon. Then they sounded the trumpet, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, playing uh, flutes and rejoicing greatly, so that the ground shook with the sod. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finishing their feast. On hearing the sound of the trumpet, Joab asked, What's the meaning of all the noise in the city? Even as he was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Adonijah said, Come in. A worthy man like you must be bringing good news. Not at all, Jonathan answered. Our lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has sent him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, a prophet, and Benahai, son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and Apelathites, and they have put him on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king of Gihon. And from there they have gone up cheering, and the city resounds with it. That's the noise you hear. 
Moreover, Solomon has taken his seat on the royal throne. Also, the royal officials have come to the call to congratulate our Lord King David, saying, May your God make Solomon's name more famous than yours and his throne greater than yours. And the king bowed and worship on his bed and said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has allowed my eyes to see a successor on my throne today. At this, all Adonijah's guests rose in alarm and dispersed. But Adonijah, in fear of Solomon, went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then Solomon was told, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon and is clinging to the horns of the altar. He says, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. Solomon replied, If he shows himself to be a worthy man, not a hair in his head will fall to the ground. But if evil is found in him, he will die. Then King Solomon sent men, and then brought him down from the altar. And Adonijah came and bowed down to King Solomon, and Solomon said, Go to your home. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, show yourself a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands. His laws and requirements are written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now you yourself know that Joab, son of Zeruiah, did to me. Now you know. Now you yourself know what Joab, son of Zeruiah, did to me, what he did to the two commanders of Israel's army, Abner, son of Ner, and Damasus, son of Jether. He killed them, shedding their blood in peacetime as if in battle, and with that blood stained the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Deal with him according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness to the son of Barzillai, of Gilead, and let them be among those who eat at your table. They stood by me when I fled from your brother Absalom. And remember, when you you have with you Shimei son of Gera, the Benjamite from Baharim, who called down bitter curses on me the day I went to Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword. But now do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You will know what to do to him. Bring him, bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. Then David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned 40 years over Israel, 7 years in Hebron, and 33 in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. Now Adonijah, son of Hagith, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Bathsheba asked him, Do you come peacefully? He answered, Yes, peacefully. Then he added, I have something to say to you. Uh, you may say it, she replied. As you know, he said, the kingdom was mine. All Israel looked to me as their king, but things changed. And the kingdom has gone to my brother, for it has come to him from the Lord. Now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. You may make it, she said. So he continued, Please ask King Solomon, he will not refuse you, to give Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. Very well, Bathsheba replied, I will speak to the king for you. When Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, the king stood up to meet her, bowed down to her, and sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat down at his right hand. 
I have one small request to make of you, she said. Do not refuse me. The king replied, Make it, my mother. I will not refuse you. So she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given in marriage to your brother Adonijah. King Solomon answered his mother, Why do you request Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? You might as well request the kingdom for him. After all, he is my older brother. Yes, for him and for Abithar the priest, and for Joab son of Zuriah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if Odonijah does not uh, pay with his life for this request. And now, surely as the Lord lives, he who has established me securely on the throne of my father David, and has founded a dynasty for me as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon gave orders to Ben Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and he struck down Adonijah and he died. So Abithar the priest said to the king, Go back to your fields in Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I will not put you to death now because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord before my father David and shared all my father's hardships. So Solomon removed Abithar from the priesthood of the Lord, fulfilling the word of the Lord had spoken, fulfilling the Lord the Lord had spoken at Shiloh about the house of Eli. When the news reached Joab, uh, Joab, who had conspired with Adonijah through, though not with Absalom, he fled to the tent of the Lord and took hold of the horns of the altar. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled to the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. Then Solomon ordered uh, Benaiah, son of Jeho, uh, Jehoiada, go strike him down. So Benaiah entered the tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king says, Come out. And he answered, No, I will die here. Benaiah reported to the king, This is how Joab answered me. Then the king commanded Benaiah, Do as he says, strike him down and bury him, and so clear me and my father's house of guilt of the innocent blood that Joab, shall, Joab shed. The Lord will repay him for the blood he shed, because without the knowledge of my father David he attacked two men and killed them with a the sword. Both of them... Abner, son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, and Amatha, Amatha, Amasa, son of Jeshur, commander of Judah's army, who are better men and more upright than he. May the guilt of the blood rest on the head of, uh, of Joab and his descendants forever, but on David and his descendants, his house and his throne. May there be the Lord's peace forever. So Benaiah, son of jo Jehoiada, went up and struck down Joab and killed him, and he was buried on his own land in the desert. The king put Benaiah, son of Jeho uh, Jehoiada, over the army in Joab's position and replaced Abithar with Zadok the priest. Then the king sent for Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, but do not go anywhere else. The day you leave and cross the Kidron Valley, you can be sure you will die. Your blood will be on your own head. Shimei answered the king, What you say is good. Your servant will do as my lord the king has said. And Shimei stayed in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shimei's slaves ran off to Achish, son of Makkah, king of Goth. And Shimei was told, Your slaves are in Goth. At this, he saddled his donkey and went to Achish at Goth in search of his slaves. So Shimei went away and brought the slaves back from Goth. Why are we talking about this? Is this going to be important later? Is this going to be on the test? When Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had returned, the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Do I not make you 
Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you, on the day you leave to go anywhere, you can be sure you will die? At that time you said to me, What you say is good, I will obey. Why then did you not keep your oath to the Lord and obey the command I gave you? The king also said to Shimei, You know in your heart all the wrong you did to my father David. Now the Lord will repay you for your wrongdoing. But the king Solomon but King Solomon will be blessed, and David's throne will remain secure before the Lord forever. Then the king gave the order to Benaiah, son of uh, Jehoiada, and he went out and struck Shimei down and killed him. The kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's hands. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace in the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God asked, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern the great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor there will ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all of his court. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put, her by, she put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, No, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, This one says, My son is alive, and your son is dead. That one says, No, your son is dead, and mine is alive. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. 
So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion of her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby, don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling, Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him, she is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. So King Solomon ruled over all Israel. And these, oh, these were his chief officials. <clears throat> Azari, son of Zadok the priest, Elihoreph, and Ahijah, son of uh, Shisha, secretaries, Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, recorder, uh, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, commander in chief, Zadok and Abithar, priests, um, Azariah, son of Nathan, in charge of the district officers, Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest and personal advisor to the king, Ahishar, in charge of the palace, Adoniram, son of uh, Abda, in charge of forced labor. Solomon also had 12 district governors over all Israel who supplied, who supplied provisions for the king and the royal household. Each one had to provide supplies for one month of the year. Their names were Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Decker in Makaz and Shal, Shalbim, Beth-Shemesh and Elon, Bethanan, Ben-Hesed and Ahuboth, Sukho and all the land of Hefer were his. Ben Adinadab in uh, Naphath Dor. He was married to Tephath, daughter of Solomon. Benah, son of Ailud in Tanakh and Megiddo, and in all of Bethshan next to Zerathon below Jezreel from Bethshan to Abel Machola across to Jokmim. Ben Geber in Ramath Gilead. The settlements of Jair, son of Manasseh in Gilead, were his as well as the district of Argob in Bashan and its 60 large walled cities and the Bronze Gate Bars. Ahinadab, son of Ido in uh, Mahanaim. Ahimaz in Naphtali, he married Basemath, daughter of Solomon. Banah, son of Hushai and Asher in Aloth. Jehoshaphat, son of Perua in Ishakar. Shimei of Elah in Benjamin. Geber, son of Uri, and Gilead, the country of Sinon, king of the Ammonites, and the country of Og, king of Bashan. He was the only governor over the district. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They ate, they drank, and they were happy. And Solomon ruled over all the kingdom from the river to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. These countries brought tribute and were Solomon's subjects all his life. Solomon's daily provisions were 30 cores of fine flour and 60 cores of meal, 10 head of stall-fed cattle, 20 of pasture-fed cattle, and 100 sheep and goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roebuck, and choice fowl. For he ruled over all the kingdoms west of the river, from Tipsha to Gaza, and had peace on all sides during Solomon's lifetime. Judah and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived in safety, each man under his own vine and fig tree. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for chariot horses and 12,000 horses. The district officers, each in his month, supplied provisions for King Solomon and all who had come to the king's table. They saw to it that nothing was lacking. They also brought to the proper, proper place their quotas of barley 
and straw and for the chariots, horses, and the other horses. Um, another thought <laughs> is that if David, king of Israel, and his wealth and his power, um, that same product, that same sacrifice, would be worth, worth more to Aranua um, and therefore more of a sacrifice, I would suspect. So, I don't know. I think David made the wrong call on this one. Should have done like a joint, like a joint, a joint joint, <laughs> a joint sacrifice. <sighs> because even if the point is the person making the sacrifice, um, isn't the worth of the sacrifice a part of this as well? Okay, anyway, back to 1 Kings, chapter 29. No, 429. Oh. <laughs> so close. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. <sighs> oh. He was wiser wiser than all any other man including Ethan the Ezra Ezraite wiser than uh, Haman Kalkal and Darda the son of Mahal and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations he spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005 he described plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls he also taught about animals and birds reptiles and fish men of all nations came to uh, listen to solomon's wisdom sent by the king of the world who had heard of his wisdom when haram king of tyre heard that solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father david he sent envoys to solomon because he had always been on friendly terms with david solomon sent back this message to haram you know that because of the wars waged against my father david from all sides he could not build a temple for the name of the lord the Lord has God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build a temple will build the temple for my name. So he gave orders that cedar cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. My men will work with yours, and I will pay you for your men whatever wages you set. You know that we have no one so skilled in, feeling, in felling timber as the Sidonians. When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased and said, Praise be to the Lord today, for he has given David a wise son to rule over the great nation. So Hiram sent word to Solomon, I have received the message you sent me, and will do all you want in providing the cedar and the pine logs. My men will haul them down from Lebanon to the sea, and I will float them in rafts by sea to the place you specify. There I will separate them, and you can take them away. And you are to grant my wish by providing food for my royal household. And this way Hiram kept Solomon supplied with all the cedar and pine logs he wanted. And Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household, in addition to 20,000 baths. Baths. 20,000 baths. 
I'm looking for a translation note because I need to know. H I that is about 115,000 gallons, about 440 kiloliters of water, I guess. IDK. Oh. <laughs> I got so distracted with the translation note. It's, there's literally, it's like not the end of the sentence. In addition to 20,000 baths of pressed olive oil, which is 115,000 gallons. Hachimachi, ladies and gentlemen, and others. Solomon continued to do this for Haram year after year. The Lord gave Solomon wisdom just as he had promised him. There were peaceful relations between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon conscripted laborers from all Israel, 20,000 men. He sent them off to Lebanon in shifts of 10,000 a month, so that they spent one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoni Ram was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had 70,000 carriers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hills, as well as 3,300 3, foremen who were supervised the, uh, who supervised the project and directed the workmen. At the king's command, they removed from the quarry large blocks of quality stone to provide a foundation of dressed stone for the temple. The craftsmen of Solomon and Haram and the men of Gabal cut and prepared the timber and stone for the building of the temple. All right, we're going to call it right there. Finishing 1 Kings chapter 5, starting 1 Kings chapter 6 next week. Plenty of kings left to go. Uh, we may finish kings next week, or 1 Kings, but only if we're moving at a pretty good clip. As always, thank you for listening, and let go. And leg odd.